Hello everyone, this is Dan. Welcome to Rockin' All Week with you, a Happy Days podcast, Season 5, Episode 5. In this episode, we are talking The Apartment and Fonzie Rock Entrepreneur, Part 1. And uh, folks seem to like it last time when I kept it a little bit briefer than I had previously. So I'm sitting comfortably in a chair. I have the episodes playing right here. And I'm going to discuss Dixie Brown Grossman's The Apartment First Off, directed by Jerry Paris. And then after that, Fonzie Rock Entrepreneur. I forget who wrote uh, part one. Is it Bob Bruner? We'll find out in a moment. But let me uh, let me give you a little background on what's uh, what's happening in this one. Um, the guys, the three musketeers, Richie Potts and Ralph, decide they're in college. They want an apartment. And uh, Chachi's Ma runs, who we haven't met yet, uh, who we will meet. Uh, runs um, is is it runs an apartment building or is um, you know the the landlord of an apartment building, and Chachi gets the three of them an apartment, which um, uh, which I presume has more than one bedroom, uh, but uh, it's it's basically a big living room area, and like a kitchen which is just a space against the wall, a small bathroom. A bedroom. It's a re- it's a real mess. It's a real like. It's like it's like they're trying to emulate good times, you know. And it's uh, it's not um, it's not a great looking apartment. But um, yeah, they all move in, and um, very quickly we learn that Ralph and Potsy, while good friends out in the world, uh, don't don't live well together. So let me play a little bit of this, and then I'll come back and we'll I'll talk a, a, a bit about the apartment. <laughs> first episode of the show where some well this is the moment where i first really noticed it where one of the main characters enters uh, walks on on stage and the crowd um applauds for such a long period of time that um you could see the actors doing their best to act like they're not standing around as people are applauding and that's when fonzie walks in um uh, ralph potsy and richie have decided they're going to get the apartment three musketeers and arnold's and and the Fonz enters looking for crash a gal i believe from the roller derby um and when the Fonz walks in um he goes up to alan is about to start speaking when the but the crowd's cheering and they're cheering for so long and so loud that Henry Winkler has to sort of stand there like, "Hey, ally, I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say something. Now I'm saying something. Uh, this this will increase as it goes along. I think in the last few seasons, Chachi will encounter this and crap. May I just say the crash when she shows up, she's delightful 
Um, and and Chachik is a bit of that sort of applause when he steps out. He's in the bathroom um, doing his business. I mean, do, doing his actual business. Um, um, he's he's using the Fonz's office. And when he steps out, like, the crowd cheers for him, which I found a little weird because, um, like, the one episode he was the head of, you know, My Cousin the Cheat, isn't very good and and the other times he appeared haven't have been great either this this one he begins to show some of the um when, when he's this sort of the secondary character at this point and he's showing the apartment and trying to sell the apartment is clearly he's flim flamming he he's pretty good he he he's good at it although i i do like that you know when the Fonz walks in arnold everyone stops and looks but you you'll see that when chachi steps out of the men's room and it cuts there there's sort of a reverse angle and you see the guy sitting at the ta- at the booth you'll see like a lot of the people in the restaurant are looking over at chachi and it's like huh why are you what like well i guess i guess arnold p- sort of pounds on the door to get him out of there and that would make them look but it's um it, it, it almost really does feel like people heard a lot of applause, so now they're suddenly looking over to see what's happening. But uh, regardless, they move into the apartment, and this, of course, is not meant to in any way, shape, or form um, resemble the apartment, the uh, Billy Wilder film with Jack Lemmon that came out in 1960, right? Which would have been right before this. Um, this is just pure... I mean, this is... you You can... At first, it looks like it's just another random, regular episode of the show. But then there is an extremely long scene with Ralph and Potsy um, involving Potsy brushing his teeth and Ralph making mashed potatoes and pots and pans and a mess where you think, wow, this is going on a long time. I don't know that we've ever spent this much time with these two characters without anyone else there. And then there's a little bit of that more uh, later on. And you realize that this is the first of the possible spin-offs from Happy Days. I mean, maybe they would have tried to give Pinky a spin-off, but um, I feel like Gary Marshall at this point would have already tried to give Chachi a spin-off if he could. But this is one of the first attempted spin-offs of the show. They were going to put Ralph and Potsy in their own apartment and give them a spin-off and occasionally, you know, um, uh, Chachi and his mom, who um, weren't main characters on the show and we hadn't met the mom yet, would appear and we'd meet the Drinkwater twins who are these tap dancing or dancing twins who live upstairs and um, it, it'd be an apartment building, it would be a delightful charming apartment building and every once in a while Richie would stop by and the Fonz would stop by this, that, and the other thing. It never happened. We will have at least one more episode set in this apartment. Um, um, l- l- let me talk more about the episode and then I'll talk about whether or not I think it was a good um, wah-wah-wah idea. The The thing about the episode that's interesting is that a lot of the Ralph and Potsy shtick is, is overdone. Um, to me, it looks like they're trying a little too hard. Is it funny? Yeah, there's some funny stuff in here. But it also... Um, the, well, the tricky thing is that, that Richie... Ron Howard is keeping it sort of skeptical, a little bit cynical, because the place is a mess. I mean, one of the funniest gags in the episode is when they um, they have a window and they want to see the view, and they throw open the window, and the window's open, and it looks onto the alley, and there's like a homeless guy picking through garbage cans right there, and he kind of looks up at them and says, "I've already looked through here. There's nothing." And Richie says, "Like, oh, it's, we've got a great." new garbage disposal you just throw the food out the window 
And it's Ralph and Patsy wanting so bad to be in an apartment. I mean, Richie wants to be in the apartment too. I mean, you learn you learn that sort of sad thing, which is played for laugh, that Patsy's dad will pay whatever he has to to keep Patsy out of his house. And Ralph, Ralph, I think, just wants to be out. Ralph wants his own place. He thinks it's going to be chick chick heaven, you know. And remember too that that this is not the first time that Richie's moved out. He moved out at the start of season season two when he moved in with that strange young man who may or may not have been his brother. So this is actually the second time we've seen Richie moving out. So when you watch the episode, you either think of it as, hey, didn't we see this already? Didn't we see a Richie moves out episode? Or you see what they're doing, which is this is a Ralph and Potsy spinoff. The, the problem is that... Richie has the funniest stuff in the episode. His responses to everything in the apartment when Chachi's showing them the apartment. It's not like it's not like the Douglas house in um in uh Lisa's first day on the farm in the second episode of Green Acres, where there's a like a seven or eight minute long scene where they wander through the house and it's just hilarious. This is just it's one big room and some offshoots that we don't really see. But it's still it's still fun anyways. Um and the the, the problem is that that they shouldn't have made Richie the funniest one in this episode. The sequence, so Ralph cooks, not well. Potsy does the wash, and he turns everything green. So there's a scene where Richie goes to Arnold's to talk to Arnold, and Fonzie is saying, hey, I'm going to move out, where he's in this green outfit. And they begin to compare, and he says, don't say anything about the green, I've heard it all. And they begin to throw out green um, jokes, and they're fun jokes, and, and Richie even has one himself when he says, you want me to, you know, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being out there dressed like a bell pepper. And Fonzie has a good one, too, where he, uh, well, I, I won't ruin it for you, but, the, but they all have good ones, but there, there's a great, <laughs> the funniest moment in the episode, I think, um, is just that moment where Richie says, I've heard them all, don't say it, and both uh, Arnold and the Fonz come up with ones they haven't heard, and, um, Richie's like, yeah, I haven't heard those, and the Fonz says, like, all right, well, okay, you know, you know, you haven't, so you haven't heard them all yet, you know, don't get cocky with us, you know, and it's it's funny to hear, and it's a funny line, and Henry Winkle, of course, delivers it a thousand times better than I do, so forgive me, you have to have to hear, but the, but the reason why I mention him is simply because um, um, I don't think I'd ever heard the term uh, "don't get cocky" or "don't be so cocky." Because when we, when I was, I, I was. This is seventy-seven. This is this is this is um, autumn of seventy-seven. I was four, and I, you know, I could read and I could talk. And to me, cocky was, um, forgive me, um, uh, you know, like f- duty, you know, and that kind of thing. So if someone said, "Don't get cocky," you'd be like, "Oh, are they sick? Are they gonna make a mess?" You know, that kind of thing, and. The thing is, of course, that's not what it means. And I was an idiot because I was a little kid. What little kid isn't an idiot? But the interesting thing is that, you know, Happy Days was still, this was, you know, Happy Days here is number two. Laverne Shirley is right ahead of it. They're they're running neck and neck. I mean, this is the part of the most popular hour in the week of American television, Tuesday night, eight to nine. He used the term, you know, dokakaki, more or less. But this is also the year of Star Wars, which came out at the end of May, around my birthday, 1977. And 
by this time, Star Wars was everywhere. Star Wars was everything, even more so than, say, like, Jaws two years before. Star Wars overtook everything. And what's one of the moments in Star Wars where they're doing the shootout thing at the end? Which is funny, I, um... I just rewatched The End of Time Part 2, the last David Tennant, Russell T. Davies, Doctor Who episode, and I forgot that there's a sequence in that about 40 minutes in when they're flying the um, Vinvachi spaceships over the ocean, being pursued by, like, every missile on Earth, and they do, like, a mini, just a brief, like, Star Wars-style sequence where Wilf and the two cactus-headed aliens are sitting in their, like, um, uh, turrets, like, shooting and, and everything like that. But what is what is one of the moments where um where Luke blows up his first um, Tie Fighter? I, I, I don't even remember. No, no, those are the good guys. What are they? X Wings? No, it is Tie Fighters, right? Um, I, <laughs> sorry, I haven't seen anything Star Wars related since 1997 when I saw Phantom Menace and the special editions of um, the three originals. So I um I haven't seen a darn thing. I and yes. Uh, one one aside, I am trying to figure out what Superman issue that is that Potsy's reading um, at the table during their long argument because it's when you see that bicycle on the back, that's that's not a 1958-1959 issue of Superman. That's a 70s issue of Superman. But I'll try to get back to you, maybe not in this episode or maybe later on about what Superman issue he's reading. Anyway, anyway, um, so so yeah, pew, 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 hey, I got him, and and Han Solo's like, yeah, great, kid, don't get cocky, and and so the fact that the Fonz uses that same term more or less several months later, when Star Wars was something that everyone was going to see on the weekends, is to me a Star Wars reference, definitely, definitely. I mean, he's never used the term, he's never used that term, don't get cocky, uh, before. So that's that's what this is, and I, I like that. I th- I think that's um, I think that's fun. Um, as far as the rest of the episode goes, yeah, it's a pretty funny episode, and um, Richie leaves in the end, and and Ralph and Potsy are still there, and um, I, it's tricky because if if you look at it as a re- possible Ralph and Potsy spinoff, then Richie leave. Of course, he has to leave. If you look at it as a regular episode of Happy Days without the spin-off element, then it looks like the second time that Richie has moved out of the house, spent a few days away, been like, oh, this isn't for me, and gone back. And which makes him seem a bit like, you know, Richie, you gotta, you're, you're gonna have to leave eventually. And the, the funny thing, of course, is that in a few seasons, he will get drafted, <laughs> and he will have to live with all the people he lives with, but... So, anyway, um, there, yeah, there's a very long scene between Ralph and Potsy with the green clothes and the mashed potatoes and everything like that, and they're really selling the two characters. The, the problem with it is that as fun as it is, the two characters don't really work well without Richie there. Because Potsy is dumb, and Ralph is a wise-ass. And you need that Richie element in the middle of it to to balance it. And j- just even thinking about how would this sitcom have worked, they would have had to done like a thing like say they did with like Phyllis, or um, geez, I'm telling you, well, they didn't really do that with Flo. I'm trying to think of sitcoms where they had to sort of calm down spinoffs where they had to sort of calm down or change the. 
um, lead characters because they wouldn't have fit into a single... But I think they would have had to do something here. I mean, there's no way Potsy being an idiot and Ralph, like, being a wise-ass the whole time would have worked. You need something somewhere in the middle, which is Richie. And without Richie there, I don't think the sitcom would have worked, and I think they were wise in not um, in not doing it. I think it was a very wise choice. So at the end of the episode, you can look at it as a bunch of fun gags with Ralph and Potsy. Um, you can look at it as either a setup for a spinoff that never happened, or you can look at it as Richie dealing with two of his best friends being crazy when they live together. And that's, in the end, what I think we have, since there was obviously no spinoff. So how does the episode stand up? It's pretty darn funny. It's There's a lot of good laughs in it. Um, it's definitely worth watching. The closing scene with, with Richie moving out and like having a pause, nostalgic moment where he says, we had a lot of great times here. Name one. Oh, you're right. Let's get out of here. Is is one of those great things where um, we 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 have as humans, we have this ability to. I mean, I I've occasionally lived in some places that weren't very nice, and I have lived in some lonely small places, and I lived in a dorm room one of my years of college that was just awful. And yet as I was leaving, I looked at it fondly and thought of all the good memories. And and I think I think I also want to say that's what takes you away from a rotten space s- swiftly and smoothly. Because if you stand there and go, oh, this effort place, I remember when well, this is, come on, Dan, we got to go. Yeah, I'm just going to, oh, God, I want, I want to punch things twice you know and it's just if you I, I think the ability to romanticize a place that has been part of my French shit is um is a human thing a crazy human thing but um but it, it gives us time we think about it later when we're gone we, we pull ourselves out of the mess we pull ourselves out of the muck and then we think about it uh, yeah, so I don't, you know, I don't know if that's that's actually true, but the fact that I have on more than one, even even jobs, I've I've hated where it's been like, you know, you know, oh, this is your last day. Well, sometimes you don't get the chance. I mean, the last office job I got laid off from, I've told you guys this story already. You know, I worked from seven to three, Monday through Friday, most Fridays. I, I like every other Friday, and. I remember getting there one day at 6.55, sitting down, 7 o'clock hit, I punched in, my boss walked in and said, hey Dan, can I talk to you for a moment? I said, hey, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I went in, went into his office, he had the human resources woman hidden behind the door of his office, they fired me, I went back to my desk, she stood there as I cleaned out my desk, and it was like, at 6.50, the bus dropped me off right outside the building. It was a huge building in Westwood, like a 20, 30-story building in Westwood. Um, and it was a building, if you've seen The Long Goodbye, there, there's a sequence with, like, I think he's, he's running for warmers, and there's, like, there's a building with this great, cool staircase on the side of it. It's no longer there, but that was the building. I remember, yeah, it was just being dropped off at 6.50, 
getting in there, walking up there slowly, getting up there. When I was actually like getting dropped off at 6.30, I used to do like a 20-minute walk. And I did the 20-minute walk, got in about 6.55, punched in. By 7.15, I was standing waiting for the bus again. I think occasionally about that place, but that was too shitty for words. And, and so sometimes there are places that just write on your head and you're not going to take it. But I like the fact that Richie here seems to, for a brief moment, legitimately seems to have fond memories of this place he's been in for a few days. Um, with his green outfits and his, his green handkerchiefs and everything. But um, he really didn't have nice times there. And, and I think that's just a coping mechanism. We can cope. Humans can cope with any shit that is thrown our way. And... That's a good thing and a bad thing. But let me just let me wrap it up here. Then How, the apartment, good episode. I think it's quite a good episode. Um, uh, is is some of the Ralph and Patsy stuff overdone? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, um, but as it's not as there was no if if they had left the show and got their own sitcom, which would have lasted for thirteen to sixteen episodes and then been canceled, and then they may never have come back to the show. That would have been sad, but as it is, they'll be here as long as they're going to be here. They're go- they'll be here until contracts expire, and so that's good because we like them. And so watching them argue this way in this apartment, and we will get another apartment episode soon, possibly this season. I, I forget, um, but it was it's it's nice to see it. It's a nice little change, and it is legitimately funny. I think it's the funniest um, funniest episode of this season, definitely. And so let's uh, let's hop on let's hop on then for Fonzie um, Fonzie uh, Rock Entrepreneur. This is with Leather Susie Quattro um, arrives. Leather is she's around eighteen or so, or a little bit older than Joni, who's meant to be. Well, Joni was meant to be fifteen, right? But in in this episode, Joni seems like she's more like eighteen or older. This what well, we'll talk we'll talk about that um, in a moment. But but if you if you remember, like at the end of season four. Joni was going to be a sophomore, junior. I forget, but but it was we we decided she was around fifteen. Um, but here, which is later in that same year, as far as I can tell, she it looks like she's much older than that. But we'll talk about that shortly. So Fonzie Rock, entrepreneur, leather pinky's sister arrives in town, and she has started a band. And she wants to find somewhere to play. And the guys are going to get her playing at Arnold's. Fonzie does not like her because she was a thief. She stole his wallet and got arrested. She went to juvie. And now she's out. But she's trying to make good. And uh, she wants to play at Arnold's. Unfortunately, not only does she have the Fonzie to deal with, but Officer Kirk is there being a douche. So let me play a little music for you. And we'll be right back to discuss the introduction to Leather.
Let's talk briefly about the opening scene. Three guys, the three musketeers, Richie, Ralph, and Patsy, are sitting at their booth in Arnold. Chachi walks by and gives them a look as they sing the fifth stanza of John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, which is no one's favorite song, but maybe it was when you were four or seven, but certainly not 17 or 18. I don't fully get the um, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt was never a hit that Elvis did or someone like that. So um, I'm not sure why they're singing the song so boisterously. At first, it looks to be funny. But as the scene goes along, it's not a long scene, but as the scene goes along, it doesn't seem to be funny. It seems to be a look at the nostalgia, look at the joy they're getting out of singing John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. It ends up just looking a little weird to me. It actually ends up looking like filler because the moment they stop singing, Joni comes in and says, Leather's here, and then Leather shows up and they meet her. So it actually looks to me like Bob Bruner, who wrote the episode, directed by Jared Paris, didn't have an opening. And they maybe sat down on the day of. was like, what could we do? How about we sing John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? That is a garbage idea. And Gary Marshall came in and said, I love it. And he was standing, he was actually talking to that guy who, who flips the quarters off his arm when he was saying that. It's just, it's just a weird opening, because it's like, was that specifically a 50s thing I mean I sang that when I was a kid you know the 70s and the 80s I still sing that I think in in my first published book Bleeding Skull the 1980s Trash Horror Odyssey which is still available in some areas I think I make a joke about John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt um I forget when I made the joke about um but but I want to say there's a joke I make a joke about it and so them seeing it's just weird to me, but I'm going to stop now. So Joni comes in and introduces Leather, who she's really excited about. And this would be the episode, not only does it introduce us to Susie Quattro as, as Leather, but this would be, like, we saw Joni in her bathing suit in, in a bikini in, at the start of the season. Um, but because everyone was in their bathing suit, she just looked like another teen, like 15. I think she's meant to be still 15, right? I mean, that was... Um, Right, I mean, she she was at the, at the right before summer started. She was going to be a sophomore or whatever, so she's around fifteen. And I think she's yeah yeah. I don't think she said she was going to be a junior, but she's going to be a sophomore, so she's like fifteen. And um, and this is this is later that year. I mean, it could be the start of the next year, nineteen sixty, but I don't quite see that yet. Um, but I think this is still the same year, and this is just her like, um, June, July, August, maybe five six months later. But Joni is no longer a little girl. Now, we knew that from the bikini scene, but when she does her doo-wop girl dancing in this and the really tiny shorts and the little so like bra top with the, the um, half vest, Joni's all grown up. And um, she, she actually, she, she, she looks like she's about 18 or 19 here. And although she's still meant to be 15, maybe just 16 or something like that. I only say that because... The, one of the things this episode does that I really like is it starts off, you you're, you meet Leather, um, she seems nice, she seems a little out of place, Leather always felt out of place in these episodes, as great as it was to see her, because Leather was Susie Quattro, and Leather, not for one moment do I think that Leather is actually living circa 1959-1960, I think she's, she's glam from around 77, I never for a minute think that she is 
she she is someone that they liked and they brought on the show. But never for a moment do I think she's 50s in any way, shape, or form. Especially hauling that huge base around, which is awesome. Especially, I mean, when you think about it, like this is the end of the 50s. Weren't, weren't a lot of bands still doing um, upright bass rather than big-ass electric bass? I mean, that would be a few years. But 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 this is 59, so so they could be switching. It's tricky. It's, it's that thing, you know, if rock and roll starts kind of with Elvis and Chuck Berry circa 55, 56, then 59 is kind of a doldrum year and um but i know when elvis started there was the upright basses that they were playing so the fact that she's playing this huge electric bass is awesome but possibly anachronistic do i like leather however yes i, I like her more than pinky pinky does come up several times um Fonz doesn't seem at all bothered by bringing pinky up in fact the moment leather is brought up he is just like he is very adamant that she's a thief and she's no good and the episode is about him learning that she is good and she is going to turn over a new leaf. And what what actually does that is is Officer Kirk, um, because the moment Officer Kirk goes against her, the Fon stands up and is on her side, and he has a really great chat with her in the ladies' room, which yes may just be the men's room painted like pinkish, um, but they have a really great discussion in there together, which is really nice. And it's it's great to see the Fonz talk to her. Um, it's it's funny because. You know, the Fonz has some chats with Chachi in My Cousin the Cheat, which are not nearly as well-written or as interesting or as, as moving in any way, shape, or form as the scenes with Leather in this. So so the Fonz starts off, and you, you, you can see where he's coming from. You know, he had a rough life, Leather had a rough life, but Leather turned to crime and got thrown in juvie and such. And he was able to not have that happen, so he's like, whatever, just get away from me. You know, I, I can understand that completely. But he does he does go with her in the end, and I think it works. Uh, Leather performs a couple songs with her, was it Birdie and Gertie, her doo-wop girls. And then, of course, one of them leaves when, when um, uh, uh, Kurt shows up and Joni takes over as the other doo-wop girl. The, the thing I love about it is it does a great thing where leather by the end of the episode leather has established herself because some talent agents have seen her play at arnold's and want her to do the rock and roll circuit um as a why well, i don't quite fully understand the way sort of the rock and roll circuit things worked in the late 50s early 60s before like huge bands and such or, or um but 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 yeah, I mean, at the end of the episode, Leather and her doo-wop girls are going to be going around um, the country performing and such. And it's great because Leather starts off with like, I need a job, we need work. And at the end, she's set because she had the talent and she was able to sell it in a couple songs. But but it shifted from being about Leather to being about Joni now wanting to be one of the doo-wop girls and travel. With Richie saying, the mom and dad aren't going to let you, mom and dad aren't going to let you... And more or less at the end of the episode, you know, it's like, well, how about we do this? We uh, uh, that's I will leave it at that. That that's where it's mom and dad aren't going to let you. Mom and dad aren't going to let you, you know. And but um, I well, we'll we'll talk about more in the next episode about what happens in the next episode. But um, but Joni, it's it's funny to watch Joni in the episode because, like, if with the apartment, if you watch the episode as an episode about Ralph and Potsy. It's amusing, but not great. But if you focus more sort of on Richie dealing with them, dealing with each other, it's pretty darn funny. 
And we focus the episode here on leather. Leather will return, so leather isn't like the... And she's in the next episode, obviously. Um, but leather isn't like the guy with the quarters on his, his forearm who we'll never hear from again. Not like Pinky, who we'll never hear from again. You know, leather's going to show up a few more times. And it'll be cool when she does show up, regardless of what time period she's meant to be in. But if you look at the episode from the point of view of Joni... This is a very important episode. The next episode, obviously, is the really important one. But this is this this seems to be an episode about a character we've never met before getting her big break. And of course, you know that's what you want to see when you're in a when you're in a show with a bunch of characters doing their thing, trying to make good in life. You want to see a character you've never seen before come in and in twenty minutes do better than any of the characters in the show have ever done. Whew, yeah, that's that's a that's excellent. But but that's but if you if your focus stays on Joni, then it becomes something different. It becomes an episode about a gal. I don't think she's supposed to be sixteen yet, but let's call her sixteen-ish, who suddenly has a chance to do this. Now, granted, we didn't know previously she wanted to do anything like this, but in a few seasons we will see her and Chachi forming a band, and then in Joni Love Chachi playing in a band, and eventually at the end of Joni Love Chachi, like going on a tour with the band. So we know this is something that's in her. That you know this is something that she wants, but I don't think she knows what exactly she wants to do with it yet. And, um, but but you can see how excited she is throughout, and, and seeing Richie kind of put her down for it is is tiresome. But um, but but in one respect, you can also see like mom and dad aren't going to let you do that. The funny thing with Joni loves Chachi is that. She does several things in that that Richie would have said, Mom and Dad will never let you do that. But Richie isn't there anymore. So there's no Richie to say, your mom and dad aren't going to let you do that. She tries, she does it, she tries to do it, and then encounters whatever problems she has. Um, but here, yeah, Richie is right there. Mom and Dad aren't going to let you do that. You know what, they probably aren't going to let her go to Chicago and everything like that, half naked. Well, I don't know if she's half naked. Well, she's in little shorts and like little boots. and Nah, I guess she is half naked, huh? That That's... um. But that ain't bad. She was half naked. Everyone was half naked in the, in, the, in, the, in the Hollywood episodes when they were down on the beach. Mr. C was half naked. Or was he? I forget. But, you know, you know, you know what I mean. Um, so, it's it's. I think it's a good episode. I, I think, like I said, there's a strange disconnect with Leather, who I like very much because I don't believe she is part of this time period at all. So whereas more or less I thought Pinky was part of this time period, I don't buy it with leather. Um, and her sort of like hey, thing that she does when she meets everyone is labored. And um, but she's good, and the songs the songs are fine that she does. She's clearly very good. Um, and and her her sort of not right. Re- I guess reconciliation with the Fonz is excellent in the end. Seeing the the ladies' room is lovely. And I mean, overall, I think it's it's a fine episode that disguises itself as an episode about the Fonz meeting Pinky's sister and having some trouble with her. But it's actually an episode about Joni growing up, you know, not not completely, but growing up more than she had, and which I I think is is very good. And that's I I love that they sneak it in in the two parter. Which is great because, like, like the previous episode with the apartment, it's like they oversell the fact that they want an apartment together in those first four or five minutes. They do that a lot in Happy Days. They do that a lot in these sitcoms, 
one of the reasons why I love Green Acres is the, the, the they they rarely ever oversell the storyline. In fact, sometimes you don't know exa- what the storyline is until you know the end of the first act. You know, but but in in these they always oversell the storyline. I mean, even like the apartment. What's what's might be one flaw with the apartment? Well, they don't actually move into the apartment until almost the half halfway into the episode. So if it's meant to be about them living together, they should have structured it in a way where they got in the apartment immediately, and there isn't there there isn't enough time with them in the apartment. There's there is more explained, said than is told. No, told than is said. You know what I mean. There is more told than is seen in the apartment with the characters and their stuff. But here, because they make it a two-parter, and because there's a bit of misdirection about who's the lead throughout most of this first part, it's um, I think it works, and it's fun to watch. And I like sort of the fact that um, Ralph and, and uh, Leather are kind of... They're not flirty, but... Um, um, they um if you watch them they're kind of like hey is ralph ralph and leather all right so you know i think it's a pretty good episode i think it's an important episode of the show like i said it it gives Joni uh, more or less a two-parter although you wouldn't know that um but, but you're not supposed to know that from the first part it's it's when you get to the end and suddenly you realize the whole thing has shifted but then when you go back to the beginning you see that Joni running at the beginning saying oh leather's here she's cool oh my god oh my god you see that it was there the whole time and it was cleverly placed and we missed it due to all the jokes and all the shenanigans and i'll just i'll, I'll just talk officer kirk real quick and then we'll wrap it up Boy, he's a douche, isn't he? And he shows up, and he he literally, what is it, um, no jailbirds or whatever, I forget what they chant, but he gets all these, like, college students chanting, you know, we don't want the jailbird or whatever, so so leather won't come out. And um, the fact that this old jerk is able to, I'm, I'm wondering, is able to get these, these college students, I'm wondering if it's a, a joke on the fact that, like, if this is 59... In 59, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, 60, his um the officer kirk's chance which just seems really seems strange to me i'm wondering if that's if that's a reference to that or whether it's just like you know well we have to have them chanting so she becomes afraid to come out these are students who in a couple of years will be um out there protesting and and so let's let's have them let's show them here uh you know like let's show them here in um uh, you know, in at the end of the fifties, just being, um, just being these sort of complacent, yes, whatever authority wants kind of characters, which might you know contrast with the way people watching nineteen seventy seven would have known that college students would have been a couple years later. I don't know, or maybe they're just you know, you know, if you, if you watch like say like Beverly Hillbillies or Petticoat Junction in the sixties, um, you you'll see a lot of moments where like. 
like where Granny and, and Jed encounter like protesters and things. Like, why are you protesting? What are you complaining about? You know, Kate and Uncle Joe. You know, why are you protest? What are you complaining about? You know, why, what's the protesting about? You know, they and you, you see these characters, you see these oldest characters who seem to be the voice of the people making the show being sort, sort of saying, what are you, what's the complaints? What you know? What do you, what do you complain? What are you protesting? And but by seventy seven, they would have seen what the protesters had done. Um, of course, the protesting wasn't going on anymore in seventy seven. The malaise has set in, and they were actually looking back. That's interesting. They were actually looking back before the time of all the protests and everything. Huh. I'm now. I'm wondering. But but then but then at the end of it they do yell Kirk out of there. So it's, I don't know. I don't know. Because cause like, like I, what I was just thinking of there was it was something along the lines of, um, you know, maybe it was since they, in the mid-70s, setting their show in the 50s before all the social unrest and things in the 60s, maybe, there's, maybe they were saying, hey, do you remember your college students and everything when it was just better when you went along with authority blindly? But then in the end, they cheer them away too, as you should. So maybe someone got cold feet, or maybe someone just didn't really care, and they, like I said, they were just writing something that might make Leather unhappy to go out. So I don't know, but I'll wrap it up now. So that was, two, I think, two very good episodes. You know, I'll be honest, the first few episodes here of season five, I haven't been really with it. I haven't really, it hasn't been really grabbing me. But these two I really like. So let us see what is up next. It's um. It's, it's, it's Fonzie Rock Entrepreneur or Fonzie Leather Tescadero, although part two, although the next episode is actually really about Joni. And Joni is, um, at, at some point in the future, Joni and um, Chachi will be comparative when they get close to one another. But like when Joni in her small outfit hugs Chachi, Chachi, she looks like a more or less a grown woman and he looks like a little kid so 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 next time next up so it's uh fonzie and leather uh tuscadero part two or fonzie rock entrepreneur part two and my fair fonzie oh i remember that one okay so we'll see if that one's any good but uh yeah thank you everyone for listening to rocking all week with you i will be back next time with those two episodes be good to yourself and listen to this Take things, but honey, I ain't